goodness in all of our lives. Proverbs 23 and 17. You have it there. Uh, why don't we read it out loud together? Just one verse. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. You say amen to the word of the Lord? Amen. It's interesting. You may be seated. It is interesting that the writer kind of pokes at something that we don't think about a lot, but sometimes we deal with it. He says, don't let your heart envy sinners. Don't let your heart, your mind, your spirit, your perspective start looking at the world and the things that go on. And if you're not careful, believing that, you know, the only reason why I struggle is because I'm trying to live for God. Don't start moving in that direction. The only reason why I have challenges is because I'm in the church. I'm trying to live for God. These people that I work with, they're not trying to live for God, and they seem to be doing great. And, and he was pointing out that condition. In fact, he's not the first. Even uh, the psalmist, Psalm 73, it's possible you've heard this passage before. The writer says, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. And then he says, look, verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. If you read the rest of Psalm 73, he gets into detail about how this was weighing on him and kind of working on him. In verse number 16, he says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He's looking at what seems like a lack of, of equity in terms of how things are going for the people of God versus the people in the world. But then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. And so his perspective was changed in the presence of God, in the sanctuary, worshiping the Lord. And verse 28 he said, but it is good for me to draw near to God I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. That's a progression, and I think it's not that different than what we read in Proverbs 23. It's a progression of looking at things and just not being sure, but then in the presence of the Lord, realigning and resetting your values and resetting uh, your sense of purpose and then looking around and saying, you know what, as for me, this is the best thing for me to do. As for me, this is what I will be. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do his will. I'm going to work in the presence and in the purpose of God. And I describe it this way for you tonight, 24-7. 24-7, I'm going to just honor God. I'm just going to honor his purpose. I, I'm going to live in the fear of the Lord, in the reverence in the worship, in the devotion, in the understanding that what God has for me is better than what the world will ever offer me. Proverbs chapter 1 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9 and 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so you begin to walk. Your beginning steps in your relationship with God, 
require this reverence, this awe, this worship, this devotion, and you begin that way. And if you're going to be successful, you must continue that way. And if you're going to be successful, you must arrive at that place in every part of your life, not choosing what pleases you, but choosing what pleases God. It's so vital, and and everyday choices, and every circumstance, and things that go on can test us, and yet here is a secret weapon that you can have, and it will sustain you. I simply walk in the fear of the Lord. Not afraid in the sense that we say I'm afraid of the dark or afraid of heights or uh, afraid of bad food, you know, that kind of thing. No, I'm walking in reverence. I'm walking in a true heart of worship and devotion, respect for God, His house, His word, His purpose. I believe Him. I trust Him. I'll follow Him. I devote my life to Him. I want to live for Him. And I say to you tonight that all the day long, from the first moments of the day till the very last moments before you fall asleep, and not just in a 24-hour day, although we're saying that for sure, but in every season of life, in every circumstance, in every situation, here is the key. Just walk in the fear of the Lord. There's so much that goes on in our culture that, that presses against the, the idea that there even is a God. There's so much in the spirit of this age that tries to even mock those that will do what you're doing even tonight. You mean you go to church on Wednesday and then you say yes and you say, well, and you go Sunday, oh yes, and, and then I know, and they start looking at those things and they, they look at the way you live and choices you make that represent a godly lifestyle and a lifestyle of obedience and devotion to God and, and then let some of them find out how much you give. And then they've got something to say about that. You give what? You give that much to your church? And then there's a whole line of discussion that can flow from that. None of that is happening just because we signed on to this club membership and, and these are the dues and these are the things that we're involved in and, and we feel a little bit of fulfillment in that. Absolutely not. You can't sustain it that way. You can't sustain holiness because you're in the holiness club. You can't sustain righteousness because you're just in a nice church somewhere. Somewhere in your heart and in your spirit, you've got to start walking in the fear of the Lord. And you've got to say, my mind's made up. My heart is aligned with the purpose of God. He's real. His word is true. His purpose is what I am pursuing. And that's what keeps me every single day. The person that fears God begins to know and understand his ways and begins to honor his purpose. The person that fears God begins to move in a way that pleases God. But look at what happens. God begins to bless that individual. He begins to have peace. He begins to walk in direction that flows from God. He begins to have greater understanding. That individual begins to recognize God wants to work in my life. God wants to bless me, and they begin to pursue the things that allow that blessing to flow in their lives. It's not, it's, not, it's not easy, this decision to honor God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. I may have mentioned this uh, last week or perhaps in another setting, I think possibly with vintage at one point. But when you think about what the Apostle Paul said, when you uh, understand the significance of offering 
yourself, your body as a living sacrifice. Now, now that, that's, that's every single day. Those Old Testament ancient sacrifices, you killed a lamb, one and done, right? You killed a goat, one and done. That was it. But we have not been called to give our lives uh, in the sense of dying for the Lord. But we have been called to give our lives in the sense of living for the Lord. That's every day. That's every decision. That's prioritizing in a manner that says, God, I want you to be first in my life. And it really is not as easy as many might suppose. It really is not easy. It takes a determination. It takes an act of the will, and it absolutely requires supernatural strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and get up every day and say, I'm not a part-time Christian. I'm not a, a once-in-a-while Christian. And we used to use this phrase, I'm not a Sunday Christian. I'm going to wake up every day and honor God and live my life in a way that honors his purpose. And even when you struggle, I understand there's emotions that we deal with. And, and frustrations and weariness, but still set your life to say, Lord, I will serve you. I will follow you. I'll honor your purpose. The person that honors the Lord and walks in the fear of the Lord, they are uh, perfecting holiness. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. I don't know that I gave them this verse, but listen to what it says. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Again, I'll use the same illustration. That's not to join a club, even though there are clubs that have standards. <laughs> Did you know that? There are corporations that have standards. There are entities that will say, well, you can work here, but if you work here, this is how it's going to go. And I say that just to say it's interesting sometimes when, when the people of God begin to follow the Word of God in a way that demonstrates holiness of lifestyle and holiness in, in our entertainment and holiness in our activities and holiness and righteousness and clean living and, and just doing what we know to bless God and to obey His Word. Too many people look at that and they say that's extreme. But the reality is if you want to work for such and such corporation, you commit yourself in a way that honors their requirements. So why shouldn't we say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to honor his word. I'm going to obey his voice. And maybe get enough courage to say, and I don't care what that person thinks about it. I love them. I want to be kind to them. But if I have to choose between pleasing them and pleasing God, Lord, I want to please you. I don't know if you're going to make it if you don't have that kind of determination. I don't know if you're going to make it if you decide that you're going to be what God wants you to be on a Sunday, but when you get to work, you're just going to have to do it uh, work's way, and you're not going to be able to really honor God. I don't know that you can make it that way, and maybe someone that will listen to this audio file will hear pastor's voice. I'm not criticizing you or, or belittling you or trying to condemn you, but I'm telling you, you cannot work and live and be effective in your walk with God if you're going to be a part-time believer, but you You've got to give your heart to him. You've got to open up your life and say, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Amen. That sounds so old school, doesn't it? 
even up here screaming and sweating. It's like, oh, we don't need that anymore. I know I need to get me some skinny jeans and a T-shirt and a goatee. If I thought I'd look good in any of those, I still wouldn't do it. But, but I realize that, that what we present in this manner certainly doesn't feel like it's in step with the times, but it is in alignment with the Word of God. We perfect holiness because we're walking in the fear of the Lord. We walk in a way that reflects obedience to God because we're walking in the fear of the Lord. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not telling you that you have to be perfect. I am telling you we got to settle the issue in our heart. I'm going to honor God with everything that I know to do and everything he reveals to me from his word. Please do not convince yourself that as long as I please people, I'm okay. It's one thing to please people. It's another thing to please God and say, Lord, even when people don't understand, you're going to be first in my life. So important. And you will not make it. None of us will make it any other way. The the wonderful uh, protection of the Lord comes as we walk in reverence for him. He provides for us. He strengthens us. He leads us and guides us, and we begin to understand his purpose. You can walk tonight in a manner that says, when I wake up in the morning, he is God. And when I go through the the duties of the day, he is my God. And when I encounter challenges or opportunities, he is my God. The filter with which I process life situations, in fact, even service that we offer. I love, and I don't even want to call out a specific person, but you can tell the difference when someone is serving and they're doing it as unto the Lord and there's such a difference. I want you to know there's such a difference when I encounter people around here, whether it's outside or inside, whether it's something that they do that's visible to everyone or something that's behind the scenes, you can tell. I'll even use this phrase. There's a holiness that settles upon someone when they're doing what they do because they want to honor God. It may just be vacuuming or it may be dusting or it may be serving or teaching or training, but there is a holiness holiness that can settle on a heart when you say, I'm not doing this to be noticed. I'm not doing this because I love this, that, or the other. I'm not doing this because people have noticed me and, and, and honored me. I'm doing this because anything I can do to honor God is what I want to do. And as beautiful as that picture is, it's, it's fairly ugly. I won't go into great detail, but it's kind of ugly when you could tell somebody's doing it, but for the wrong reasons. I'll just refer you to a place in Scripture where the Lord said, you know, your sacrifices, they stink. Now, that's pretty clear, right? You look that up, you'll find it in the Old Testament. You may have to use a paraphrase because it's possible that the word stink may be another word in the King James. But it stinks. What's the difference when you do what you do because you honor God? 
and I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. There can be something that settles on your heart and settles on your spirit where you say, though none go with me, I'm going to follow him. There is something that can rise in your soul that says, I'll worship him even if it costs me. I'll worship him even if it requires a sacrifice. There can be something that moves in your life. And let me just use again some secular illustrations. We find it so impressive when someone has given themselves completely to an academic pursuit or a pursuit in athletics or a pursuit in, in some type of entertainment arena and we say, wow, you know how hard they work to be that talented, how much they sacrifice to excel to that level. I understand and we give some honor to those people and their talent and their sacrifices, but you know what? Let's not belittle what it means to say I've decided to dedicate my life, my my hands, my feet, my heart, my mind. I want to honor God. Please don't belittle that. Please don't look at somebody who said God's going to be first in my life. That's why I'm making the decisions I'm making. That's why I'm choosing this path. Please do not belittle them or disparage them or become someone that scoffs. I'm not going to get to it tonight, but I was looking at that word. That's a tough place to be, to be a scoffer. You want to start backing away from that spirit and letting the Lord cleanse you. Because if you go down that road too deeply and it begins to transform your nature, you will miss out on what God has for your life. But do not scoff, mock, ridicule, and some way denigrate people that have said, I want to do this because I want to honor God. I know sometimes we hear the stories as the missionaries come by and we're amazed at the sacrifice and we're amazed at the willingness to put their life on the line for the gospel. But don't walk away from a missionary saying, oh, that poor missionary, they just have it so hard. Yes, there are sacrifices, but you're reaction should be, my God, bless and strengthen them because what a great thing you have called them to do. I honor God what you have chosen them to do, and so I'll bless them. I'll encourage them. I want to see the work of God in their lives. We were in a meeting a few days ago, and I, I shared this Friday night in Bexley, but I'll just mention it again that I was able to interact with the missionaries from Venezuela, Lonnie Burton and his family, Lonnie Burton Jr., and we were talking and hearing the way things have been going the last few months. And, of course, if you read the news, you understand at times they go without power. At times uh, they have to navigate in a way that they avoid thieves and they avoid some people in the community that would kill them if they thought they could get something from them. And they start going to the grocery store feeling like if they can just put a little bit together and they get there and there's nothing on the shelves and, and all of this kind of thing. And it's just been a dynamic and challenging season. But they reported to us that the church is growing and the Holy Ghost is being poured out. And Venezuela right now has the largest apostolic church, number of constituents, second largest in the world, even in the midst of this persecution, even in the midst of this trouble. I don't know. I think we should say to God be the glory, to God be the glory. Because that even in the midst of adversity, God pours out his spirit. People are being baptized in Jesus' name. And the glory of the Lord is being revealed. Second largest apostolic church in the world is the church of Venezuela. 
That's fantastic. Second only to the Philippines. That's amazing. Praise God. And so we're talking to them, and, and finally, as the meeting is about to conclude, somebody said, well, what, what can we pray for? And, and certainly you're anticipating, well, please pray. And obviously they want to see changes in the government. Obviously they would like to see stability in the economy. But that missionary said so clearly, so directly, he said, would you pray that we can get back as soon as possible? Is that something? Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's severe. Yes, there are difficult moments. Yes, we are not going with some of the things that would make us more comfortable. But the reason why we want to get back, and you could feel this in his spirit, is God is doing a work. The Holy Ghost is being poured out. And we want to go serve God's purpose. Praise God. That doesn't happen because you get the affirmation of your denomination. That doesn't happen because you have a career as a missionary and this is just how you make a living. You do not go down that road unless you wake up in the morning and say, I belong to God. He has a purpose for my life. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to follow him. Now let me just twist that for you just so you can apply it. You don't have to go to Venezuela to live that way. Amen. You don't have to go to France to live that way. You don't have to go to Uganda or Zambia to live that way. You can wake up in 43068 or in whatever town you live in in this community and you can get up and say, I belong to God. He has a purpose for my life. I know there'll be pressure, but I'm going to live for him today. I know there'll be temptation, but I'm going to live for him today. I know there'll be things that are challenging, but I'm going to live for him. You can do that. Amen. In fact, we are called to honor God in that manner. Walk in the fear of the Lord all the day long. John chapter 2, verse 28. Now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Can I just tell you and believe, would you believe with me, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. So if you were ever going to live a life that honors him, do it now. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. Let God have your best. Let God be first. Let your heart be aligned with the desire to do the will of God. Wake up. And even, I told someone today, even if it's just a few moments in the morning, just say, God, lead me today. Guide me today. Help me to follow you today. And then move throughout the day with a heart of prayer and thanksgiving and staying connected to the presence of God, saying, God, I know you called me. I know you want to work through me. And so, Lord, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to live, whatever you want me to do today, oh, God, I want to live for you. Praise God. Walk in the fear of the Lord 24-7, every single day, in every single circumstance. Just make up your mind. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do his will, and he will bless you. Abide in him. Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, listen, Satan has desired to destroy you, to sift you as wheat. He wants to pull you out. 
of God's protection and God's keeping and God's purpose. And, and that's the way it is for everyone in this room. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord or, or how new you are in your walk with God. The enemy of your soul wants to pull you out of God's purpose and God's protection, his keeping power. And the reality is he really cannot touch you. But what you have to do is keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the purpose of God. The enemy wants to sift you as wheat. In fact, he'll go about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But all you need to do is keep yourself in a mindset that says, I want to serve God in good times, in bad times, in times of plenty, in times of not much at all, in lots of friends, in lots of loneliness, whatever circumstance you're in, keep yourself in the love of God, in the purpose of God. And would you believe with me that if you keep yourself in the purpose of God, he's going to keep you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to bless you. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you what you need. Amen. But we need to learn to keep ourselves in the fear of the Lord, to honor his name, to glorify and honor his purpose, to obey his word. Difficulties come 24-7. I don't know. It just seemed to make sense to me, but now I'm wondering. <laughs> Trials come 24-7. 24-7. Great opportunities come. I still filter all that through the fact that I belong to God. He has a purpose for my life. I'm going to honor his word. Uh, I'll make decisions, uh, and I'll make those decisions uh, with a mindset, Lord, if this is what you have for me, I want to do it. But if this is not your will, I don't want it. That's not easy. That takes submission. That takes resolve. That takes determination. That takes denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Jesus. But we can do that. We don't have to be in some faraway land. We can do that in a blessed nation where we can worship freely, where there's no laws against our worship and our praise and our reading of the Bible, but we can still do that. Amen. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 19, the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. I'm picking it up towards the end of the story. Some of you know the story. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to him, Daniel, oh Daniel, the servant of the living God is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Here is a man with integrity in his walk with God, in his relationships with the people of the world. And the commentary of the outside world when they look at Daniel's life is, Daniel, I know you serve your God 24 
24-7? Is that God that you serve 24-7 able to show up in the midst of this kind of severe trial? And Daniel was able to say, yes, he's able. Yes, he preserves me. Yes, he keeps me. Yes, he helps me. Yes, he guides me. Oh, wouldn't it be great? If when they look at us, they just don't see any variance. They don't see us living for God on Sunday, but not really living for God the rest of the week. I'm sorry, but whenever we have that kind of variance in our walk with God, it does damage to our testimony. But if they could look at us and say, I know you're a person of prayer. I know you're a person of worship. I know you're dedicated to God. I know I see you regularly doing what you know to do to honor God. And I know you're in a hard time. Can and your God bring you through, and you can say it. Yes, he'll bring me through. He'll give me what I need. Though he slay me, I'll still trust him. Oh, I know none of us. I don't, I don't want you to suffer. I, I don't want to suffer. But oh, what glory God receives when they know you're in trouble but you still love God, and you still honor God, and you still have a purpose in your heart to give God glory. How much glory must he receive when they know you're in physical pain, when they know that you're wore out, when they know that your life is upside down, but you still have a heart for the Lord. You still have spirit of joy and peace and thanksgiving. Come on. That's real Christianity right there. That's really living for God, and it just doesn't happen because you're in the church. It happens because you're in Christ and you walk with him every day and you follow him every day and you worship him with your heart and you seek him with your heart. If this was a club with moderate dues and incredible benefits, everybody would be in it or at least trying. But it's not a club. the body of Christ. He chooses to perfect us oftentimes with suffering. But as long as we stay in Christ, we are victorious even in the midst of suffering. Oh, what a mighty God. I'm begging you, and I, I'm not here to critique anyone. I, I'm here to challenge you and myself. Let's not be part-time believers. Let's not just serve him when it's convenient. Let's honor him in every season of life. Let's worship him no matter what's going on. I think there ought to be something in our spirits, and I beg of you, if, if you've been there before and you've kind of fallen back, get back to a place where you can say with all your heart, I love him. I don't care what else is going on. I'll worship him. I don't care what else is going on. I'll walk with him. I don't care what else is going on. I'm begging you, if you've never been there in your dedication, get there by prayer and faith and sacrifice and say, Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. I want to see your purpose in my life. Please don't believe that you can have what God wants you to have without a fight, without being challenged, without the adversary, without your carnal nature. I don't know when. I just know he will do it. I don't know how. I just know he will do it. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, 
but I know he will do it. What, what are you talking? I'm saying what he's promised you, what he's promised us, what he has purposed in his word. I can't say how, when, or in what manner, but I can say he'll do it because he's faithful. He's never failed. He won't fail. He's always answered. He'll answer. Oh, yes, it seems like a coincidence, but thank you, Dwight, for saying to me when you talked about what happened last week, God orchestrated, and he was getting my attention. I think that's the way we ought to live. We ought to look at things that seem random to the world, and we ought to say, no, God's in it. He's helping me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. I want to say yes to him. You have a sincere, humble heart, and you say yes to God, and if for some reason you miss it, you know what will happen? God will take care of you. You know that? If you and your desire to honor God happen to miss it, he'll take care of you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. But you know what will happen if you just decide, well, I know, Lord, that's what you're saying. I, I know that's what your word is saying. I'm just not sure. You will constantly walk around in the wilderness of life wondering why the promises of God are not coming to pass. Only thing that is missing is for you to finally open up your heart and your life and say, Lord, it's your will that I want no matter what. And God will honor his word. Amen. God will honor his word. We must be in Christ, rooted in Christ, knit to Christ. We must abide in him. We must walk with him. We must let our lives reflect our faith. A person that abides in Christ, you can tell in the way that they're living their life. It's 24-7. We cannot be content to just represent Christ in this building. He doesn't actually need a representative in this building all that madly. Where he needs it is outside, on these streets, in these neighborhoods, in the places where we work, in the places where we shop, in the people where we interact, in difficult circumstances. Yes, we can work him and we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter these courts with praise and we should reflect faith here but this should not be the only place I should be able to reflect a true God consciousness a true walking in the fear of the Lord in the way I live outside of this building in the way I deal with people in the way I handle life I know it's not easy but I'm trusting God that his word is true and really, that's the only way to live. Amen. That's the only way to live. You stand with me. We, we go through seasons. We deal with adversity. We suffer. We go through moments of great victory and we rejoice and we're exalting God. And, and I know we've all felt this way, but, you know, when, the, when the, the, the raise happens or the door opens or the healing happens miraculously, we're so, we're, you can't stop us. Look what God did. Oh, he made a way. We're just, you know, we're just hard to, to live with. We're so happy. We're bouncing off the wall. Look what God did. He made a way. He opened doors. That's wonderful. To God be the glory. But please don't fail to give him glory when none of that is happening. 
don't fail to give him glory when nothing like that is happening. Because that is a that is a critical moment where you're walking not in feeling, not in emotion, not in convenience, not in comfort. There's only one way to describe how you're walking at that moment. I'm walking in the fear, in the reverence, the trust, obedience, devotion to God. I just believe he knows what he's doing. I just believe he knows what's best for me. I just believe that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I just believe that he'll make it. Thank you.